Welcome to Parker's podcast of the 8.30 a.m. service. Our service includes modern style worship and an on-time message from God's Word by Dr. Mac Amos. This week's guest speaker is Reverend Daniel Edmond. If we're going to invite people to Sunday school, we need to know why they ought to be here. My generation before would have used Hebrews 10 25 to kind of stir up some idea, a divine sense of oughtness. Let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, as is the habit of some. But, you know, I've found that people need more than some kind of sense of oughtness. They don't go to something just because they ought to go. And so we need to be able to express why should anyone be involved in Sunday school? And the answer is also in 10, Hebrews 10. But it's a few verses earlier when it says that we need to hold fast or take hold of this profession of hope because he who is promised is faithful. So let us stir one another up to love and good deeds. Brothers, we come together to stir one another up to love and good deeds. And those good deeds should be shining forth in our community around us. His brother Harvey is going to spend his time in refocusing on inviting children, especially to Sunday school. We ought to stir one another up to love and good deeds. As I heard that this morning, it stirred my heart to think of the responsibilities that we have. But people aren't going to come to a place just to sit still while somebody instills. They're going to come where a loving body will stir them up to love and good deeds so that we can take hold of this profession of hope which is only in Jesus Christ and therefore we would not want to forsake the assembling ourselves together as is the habit of some but we would encourage each other all the more as we see the day approaching. We're going to look at John 21. John, the gospel is a great apologetic of Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. John, unlike the other Gospels, begins in the beginning, reminding us that from all eternity, God's redemptive plan was in motion. From all eternity, the one whom in the beginning created light once again came as light into the darkened souls as men and chased out the darkness. The darkness could not overcome that those who believe in him might have everlasting life. John from there says that he selected seven miracles to help us see in those miracles that indeed Jesus, proof positive, is the Messiah. And then he takes seven I am statements to underscore the reality that Jesus himself is the great I am, the Son of God. He goes on from there and he shows us that all the prophecies are fulfilled in Jesus, even the feast and the celebrations. Jesus is the focal point. He builds to the grand crescendo of of John chapter 20 after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He appears again once again to the disciples disciples where he gives to them that great commission of as the father has sent me so send I you he even appeared to doubting Thomas so that Thomas doubts could be erased and he said however blessed of those that don't need to see in order to believe as the song just sung reminded us And John concludes chapter 20 or what we designate as chapter 20 by saying these things were written so that you might know that Jesus is the Son of God, the Messiah, and that by believing in him, you might have life. I just imagine if this was a movie, 
And we were all in the theater watching from in the beginning all the way to the death, burial, and resurrection and appearances of Christ. Then as those credits began to roll and, and the writer, the script writer said, listen, I've chosen all this so that you may know indeed that he's Messiah, the Son of God, and by believing you might have life, that the theater would rise to its feet and explode in applause and praise and worship of the great I Am, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Maybe even following, falling on our faces in, in worship and then After a while, the theater would begin to go dark and we would begin to make our way out and suddenly from the screen again, there would come this sound, this epilogue, epilogos, another word from the word, a reminder. And hearing that, we would turn back and we would look at the screen and we would see fishermen in a boat. And we would begin to take in this passage, beginning in chapter 21, verse 1. After this, Jesus revealed himself again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. He revealed himself in this way. Simon, Peter, Thomas, called twin, Nathaniel, from Cana of Galilee, Zebedee's sons, and two others of his disciples were together. I'm going fishing, Simon Peter said to them. We're coming with you. They told him they went out and they got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. When daybreak came, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not know it was Jesus. Friends, Jesus called to them, you don't have any fish, do you? No, they answered. Cast the net on the right side of the boat, you'll find some. So they did, and they were unable to haul it in because of the large number of fish. The disciple, the one Jesus loved, said to Peter, it's the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he tied his outer clothing around him, for he had taken it off. He plunged into the sea, since they were not far from land, about a hundred yards away. The other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish. And when they got on land, they saw a charcoal fire there, and fish lying on it in bread. Moving to verse 15, when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said to him, you know that I love you. Feed my lambs, he told him. The second time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Well, yes, Lord, you you know that I love you. Shepherd my sheep, he told them. He asked the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved. He was grieved that he had asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Feed my sheep. And then in verse 22, if I want him to remain until I come, Jesus answered, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. The scene would open with them back in a familiar place. Back out on the sea fishing. They had seen it all. They had heard it all. They had had the proofs positive. They had even had the opportunity like Thomas to to even thrust his hand into the side of Christ. He had all the evidence that he needed and he had been commissioned. And they chose to go fishing. 
Now, fishing's a good thing, isn't it? Can I get an amen? Fishing's a good thing, isn't it? But you know what the problem is? The problem is that a lot of us exchange good things for the things of God. We go about in our life doing good things rather than pursuing the things of God. We live as if we are people without a hope that's in Christ. We live as a people who don't want to share the hope that's in Jesus Christ. The disciples went back to their old way of life. You go back and look in Luke chapter 5, you would see a a very similar scene of them out fishing. And Jesus was in the boat, and then he looked at Simon Peter, and he said, Launch out into the deep and let down the net for a catch. And Peter said, Oh, look, we fished all night. That was common practice. He said, But we came up empty. Then he made this startling declaration. He said, But at your word, because you said so. And he launched out into the deep. And he let down the net. And the fish were so many that it began to break the net. It began to sink the boat. He had to call help from the shore. He fell before Jesus. Oh, I'm not worthy. And Jesus yet looks at him and ultimately says, follow me. And I will make you to fish for men. Jesus came as one who would fish for men. He came as a disciple to make disciples. Even in John 17, he makes it clear to God, I have glorified you here on earth. I have completed the work that you have given me to do. In John 17, he had yet to go to the cross. What was the work that he had done? He lived as a faithful, obedient disciple. He knew no sin and he became sin for us that through him we might be made the righteousness of God. But in that priestly prayer that he made he prayed to God that he had completed the work on earth that he was sent to do and that is to make disciples who then could go and make disciples and in John 20 he commissioned them to go and yet there they were on the lake again forgetting the call of God on their life I wonder this morning if we're gathered in this room again Because we're with our friends and our buddies and we're hanging out and we're having a good time and we've forgotten the call of God on our life to be fishers of men, to take this word of hope out into a darkened world that needs the light, the unextinguishable light of Jesus Christ to shine brightly so that they can know indeed that he is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him they might have life. That's the role of all of us that are here, all of us that are part of the body of Christ, all of us that are in Sunday school, to take that hope, that light to the nations. And yet so many times we exchange good things for the things of God. We're here this morning, we'll have a good time, but will we do the things of God? We'll go home this afternoon and we'll have some good times, but will we be doing the things of God? They came to the shore and there was another familiar sight. There was a charcoal fire only twice. Charcoal fires mentioned in Scripture. The other time was the fire that Peter stood before as he three times denied Christ. These scenes must have all been eerily familiar to Peter having been out on that lake and coming up empty and then having Christ say to him, by the way, he didn't say, how's fishing? Are you enjoying yourself? 
He looked at them, professional fishermen, and said, you hadn't caught any fish, have you? Why? Because they're in disobedience. They had forgotten the call. Now they come, and that charcoal fire of disobedience is burning again. And Jesus calls Peter over and says, Peter, do you love me? Several of you know Jamie Baldwin, who's also in my office, used to serve here on the Calhoun Baptist Association staff, uh, associate director of missions. He asked me one day, he said, what do you think that Jesus was talking about when he looked at Peter and says, do you love me more than these? I said, Jamie, we could all speculate. It doesn't really clearly say, and I don't think it clearly says for one reason. He's not just questioning Peter. He's questioning all of us that have been called by his name. Do you love me more than these? Listen, if you're here this morning and you claim the name of Christ, you bear the name of Christ as Christian, you've been called of Jesus Christ, you must also understand that you've been commissioned by him and there is one thing that Christ will never do and that is be second place in anybody's life. Do you love me more than these. For Peter, he may have first pointed to those fish that were on the fire cooking. Do you love me more than fishing, Peter? For you, he may be pointing to your hobbies, to your passions, to those things that captivate your attention. And he's saying, do you love me more than these? And Peter maybe answered for all of us when he said, yes, Lord, you know that I I love you. Maybe not with the kind of love that you're expecting, but I I do love you, Lord. And he says this, feed my lambs. Or he says he wants to go out to the little ones, right? And invite them to come to Christ. Feed my lambs. Those who are young, those who have not heard, you take care of them. You give them the, the milk of the Word so that they can grow to the meat of the Word, that they can come to know Christ as Savior and Lord. Feed my lambs. If you love me more than your hobbies, then forsake all those things that captivate your attention and go feed my lambs. Peter, do you love me more than these? This time he may have been pointing to his buddies. They were probably a close-knit band by now. That was, that was probably family for Peter. Peter's the only disciple that we know that was married, but that probably was really for him more like family than anything. And he may have, he may have pointed and said, Peter, do you love me more than these? And for us, he may be pointing to those people that we like to hang out with, those people that you're sitting by right now. Some of them are either family or they seem like family to you. And you love being with them, but do you love me more than these? Will you even subordinate life's closest friends because Jesus will not be second place in anyone's life? Because he gave all for you. Yes, Lord, you, you know that I love you. Then, then shepherd my sheep. Peter, lead, lead the sheep so that they too will understand who the good shepherd is, so that they will know. And, and Peter, be a leader so that they might follow you as you follow Christ. Peter, be a disciple who can make disciples that will go and disciple others. Peter, shepherd the sheep. Brothers and sisters, we're here because we're to shepherd the sheep. 
Disciples making disciples who can make disciples till Jesus comes because Jesus is first place in our lives. Peter, do you love me more than these? All grieved because now it even is even more familiar because he's been asked three times about his love for Christ. It grieved him deeply. It ought to grieve us deeply because of all the times in our lives that we, like Peter, have gone and exchanged the things of God for good things. We denied him when we had the opportunity to proclaim his name. Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Then Peter, feed my sheep. The feeding of the 5,000 is the only miracle recorded in all four Gospels. Probably elevates its importance. Well, there was one other miracle, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And, and, but it was at that time that ultimately the disciples for the first time were told to feed them. You feed them. You take care of them. Don't wait for the government to come and resolve the problems of this community. You feed them. Don't wait for somebody else to come along with a handout. You take care of them. Don't make them wait. You share with them the gospel of Jesus Christ. You feed them. Because all of us who have heard the call of our shepherd and have followed him have been commissioned by him. And it is our responsibility to feed them from the youngest to the oldest. The good news, the blessed hope that is found in Jesus Christ. And then he says, because Peter, the day's coming that there's going to be those that are younger than you that'll take you to a place that you do not want to go. And there, Peter, you'll pay the ultimate cost. And Peter, probably wanting to prove his love one more time, looked over at the beloved disciple and said, well, what about him? Peter probably was going to in boldness say, look, I'll protect him. I won't let that happen to him. I know how important he is because he wasn't only the beloved of Jesus. He was probably, John was the beloved of all of them. And Jesus says, hey, what's it to you? That shouldn't matter at all. He's ready to pay whatever cost is there before him. And this same Jesus who had called him back, who had commissioned him again, ultimately shared with him a command. A lot of times we miss this as Baptists because when we talk about following Jesus, we want to talk about repenting from our sin and placing our faith or believing in him. We repent and believe, but I want you to know that when you repent and believe, you're to follow. And we always make that out as if it's an option for a Christian. It's not an option. Those who repent and believe must follow. And Jesus underscores that not only do we have a call and we have a commission, we have a command. Now, when you read it in your passage, it probably comes across something like, as for you, Peter, you follow me. If you go back into the original language and you look in that language, you will see there are three words and an exclamation point because this is an imperative. It is a command. Jesus looks Peter in the eyes and he says, you, me, follow. Don't go fishing again. Don't hang out with the friends. Don't put me second place in life. You follow me so others can follow you to me. You must 
follow. And sometimes even in Sunday school, we act like that all you need to be saved, all you need in life is to be saved and sit in one of these seats. But the call of Christ, the commission of Christ is met with the command of Christ. You're not saved to sit. You're saved to serve. You're saved to follow. You're saved to change Aniston for Jesus Christ. That's why we come together to stir one another up to love and good needs. Because Aniston is becoming increasingly dark. But Jesus came as the unextinguishable light of life and hope. And he entrusts himself into our hands to hold forth the light into the darkness so others may know that indeed Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, they might have life. Father, we pray today that as you've reminded us of the call, as you've renewed our commission, that this time we not take it lightly, but we understand it's a command that we must follow you. Because the light has come to chase out not some of the darkness, but to chase out all the darkness so that all may come to repentance and by faith receive everlasting life and follow you so that others can follow them to you. Father, we're in a season of the year where we often look to see who's number one in the polls. But Father, I pray that in this moment, you'll cause all of us to examine our lives and ask who's number one. And Lord God, if someone or something else is number one in our lives over Jesus, that today we will repent, believe, and follow. That concludes this week's message by Reverend Edmund. Additional sermons and reference materials are available from our website at parkermemorial.com slash sermon series. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. I have overcome the world. We can help you know the one who can bring you peace. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Parker Memorial Baptist Church, as well as our website at parkermemorial.com. May God bless you until we meet again.